I mean, the hustle was still in me. So I think I told you the story about my dad worked at a like a factory that made like it was like private label cookies, you know, cookie mm. dough for different people. So they would have to bake the cookie dough to test it out and make sure it's okay before they sell it. And he would bring the cookies home. So I would take the cookies to school and sell it. And I sell mean the like cookies. Gains. <laughs> like he didn't even have to give me allowance anymore because I had my own. You had the hustle right or whatever. Yeah. People, um, so we tried this before. Um, it's a long story, I just call it that. But I know Keisha wanted to be in this new set, which is super important for her. And today she got on shade, so we know it's on. <laughs> so this is nothing light. We have Keisha, she taught me the last time the master stylist, not the master stylist. So, Keisha, my goal of having this conversation today, we've we done this before. Right. So I wanted to put that out, but, you know, Keisha's a perfectionist, and she has a sister that supports her and everything that supported this nonsense of doing this conversation again. So we're here again. So let's start from the beginning. Keish. I call it Keish. So we're going to start from the beginning, Keish. Make sure you get your mic ready to go because we're on and popping now. So, Keish, I want, for the people that don't know you personally, like some of us do, where does all got started from? Where are you from? Well, I was born in Pahokee, Florida, raised in Belle Glades, between Belle Glade and Revere Beach. Um, and I spent my early high school years in Atlanta as well. So so growing up in the Glades, because is there really a big difference in Pahokee and Belle Glade or is all at one? No, it's a big difference. It's nothing. I mean, it's nothing in Pahokee, like nothing. Oh. It's nothing Wait in Belle Glade either, but it's but nothing, it's nothing in Pahokee. Wait, there's a difference between nothing and nothing. <laughs> nothing, nothing. <laughs> I, 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 I get the difference. So what would you say the difference between the community other than not having resources to entertain? I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. Yeah, it's say? just nothing. It's the grocery store, uh, home. At the time, Belle Glade didn't have a hospital, so that's why I was born in Pahokee, not that. So Pahokee got a hospital, so... There's well, nothing, nothing it has a hospital. Yeah, they had a hospital. Show some respect school. to Pahokee. So they know, you know, their biggest time over there is like prom time, homecoming. Like that's their big thing because that's, they don't really have much. But Pahokee and the Glades, I know is super community-based. Community, activities, family. Like you said, sport yeah. games, mm-hmm. everybody's coming out there. Mm-hmm. Um, who are you, who did you grow up with in Pahokee? I didn't Good. grow up in Pahokee. I was I mean, just sorry, I apologize. Mm-hmm. Let me not get it twisted. Because there is a difference <laughs> in Pahokee and Belle Glade. So, um, and so who did you grow up with? Because I know your mother passed away when you were born or new. So Seven who, months. So um I was there between my aunt, my grandma, and um I would be in West Palm with my dad. My dad was in the military for a little while, so my grandma and aunt raised me. How was that process being raised in the glaze with grandma and, you know? 
it was cool. I mean, I I always hated there, but just because it was like nothing to do. But I will say, when it comes to like my hustle and stuff like that, I definitely get it from my grandma mm-hmm. because she was always doing something. Like she was making comforters, making clothes, selling chalk, selling mangoes. She was yeah, that chalk thing. I just learned that when you started breaking <laughs> it down. The other time we had a conversation. So what is um? So her grinding like that definitely influenced you. What did she do? Did she just? She did it, and then she just sold it from home, or I guess she didn't sell it um, yeah, online. Well, she would do the swap shops on Saturday and Sundays. She would do yard sales, or people just came to the house. Like, she always was making something. Even now, she's 98, and she makes, like, crochet scarves and she's hats still hustling. and stuff. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, we're, that, so let's talk a little bit about how your mother's death affected you. Like, could you go into a little bit of detail on that? Like, how... How did that affect? Did it affect everything in your life, you believe, for Um, the good and the bad? Absolutely. I wouldn't say, well, of course, it affected me. But I guess it's a little bit different because you kind of don't miss what you never had, per se, Mm. because I was seven months. So I can't say, like, oh, I remember me and my mom did this. But when you you saw that, like, other people with their moms, or was the influence on your grandmother and your aunts played a big role also? Yeah, it did. Um, but even now, still as an adult, sometimes I get a little in my feelings when I see a like, lot, not you know. not a little bit. <laughs> anyway, you know, um, God bless when Troy. I see people with their parents, because I never really had, you know, my grandma. She ain't really she made everything, so we really go to the mall and stuff like that. Oh, you want that? Okay, I got you. <laughs> Right, there, I could make there, that. There was a difference. <laughs> so she made a lot of our clothes and stuff like that, and my aunt really didn't go nowhere. So it was the one that was in Belglade. So, yeah, just seeing, like, stuff like that, go to the, you know, get your nails done with your mom and stuff like that. I sometimes get Those are the things that you kind of, you feel like you yeah. missed out on. Yeah. So then, then you had a grandmother that was making everything, so that wasn't even a conversation. <laughs> no. I mean, I ain't going to say she made all my stuff, but I don't have a memory of going to the mall with her. Like, you know, she would give me money to go with my friends or something, mm-hmm. but just, I don't have But she still gave you, well, the women in your life in that time, your aunt, your grandmother, still gave you that motherly love, that support or being there the best way they knew how. Yeah. With a, <laughs> with a niece and a granddaughter like Keisha. Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah. I, they did what they could to them. I mean, they had, to, they had to step it up because it wasn't an easy thing to take on somebody else's child. At yeah. the end of the day, that still wasn't their full responsibility. But the thing was, I was already theirs before my mom died. So before my mom died, she had already mm. said, like, you can keep Know, like this is all yours. Yeah, because I kind of was born into a, a love triangle. <laughs> Explain, Keisha, because I don't think I don't know what you're even talking about. Like, so my dad was married, and he met my mom, and he cheated on his wife, and my mom got pregnant. Oh, uh, but yeah, it's a little messy from the beginning. But keep going. Yeah, so my mom was 21, and I was her third child. So she was already 21 with three kids. Mm. And I, she just told my dad, you know, like, y'all can. You can have this one. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, she probably <laughs> thought it was, I mean, I commend, because I actually was raised by, my, well, I was with my mother till I was like seven. And I, my father raised me on, and my mother, like that sacrifice of giving up your child, mm-hmm. I had to command my mother later yeah. on, like, 
you got to be a little crazy, dude. Because, yeah. But your mother passed away in that mm-hmm. time. But could you go a little? Cause I think it wasn't just passed. You said your mom was killed, murdered, murdered. Yeah. From yeah. like, how did? Give me a little bit about that. Well, I don't really. I hear so many different stories, so I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. What happened? But she was murdered um, by strangulation, and she was also raped. Wow, so, intense! Yeah. Did you? So that story, um, how did that affect you? Like hearing about it when you were able to understand it, or was it something that you really just? No, because they they always told me. So it wasn't like they pretended that my aunt was my mom. You know, even though mm. she legally adopted me and her name was on my birth certificate. But they never, like, my dad always told me stories about him and my mom and stuff like that. So it was never, I guess because I always knew it wasn't like a shock, you know, to find out later on, like, right. what happened. So so grow, growing up in the Glades, like, what was the, how long did you do school in the Glades? Like, was it till? Well, the thing is. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I was also a troubled kid. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> so I I wouldn't say that I was raised in the Glades because I, I went to elementary school here and there. You know, like I would do a year here and then a year there. So it was like whoever couldn't put up with you for that year, they swapped it out. It's <laughs> basically what happened, Keisha. I, I was kind of that kid also. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Kind of a lot of, but um, <laughs> but they had to put up with me. They couldn't just get yeah. rid of him because nobody wanted me. They were like, no, yeah. we're not taking him on. Yeah. So once so, my daddy got his like self together, then um, I ended up moving to Atlanta with him in middle school. When you yeah. say he got himself together, what was he going through? Well, uh, he was in the military and he was also uh, bisexual. So, but a lot of this, I didn't, I, I knew about his sexuality before he died, but a lot of it I didn't find out until I went through his things. Okay. After he died. And he was... Were you his only child? Yeah. Okay. Um, And so he was kicked out of the military for um having a, it said venereal disease or whatever. So I'm assuming, you know, in order, it said that he denied, you know, being homosexual, and, you know, back then they had the don't ask, don't tell thing right, or right. whatever. So he was dishonorable discharged for that. And he was never open about his sexuality. And he was also on and off drugs, I think, because of that. Mm. So when he got to Atlanta, he kind of got his stuff together and was like, you know, I still think he did his little thing. Right, right. <laughs> I still <laughs> think he, little he did his little thing. A little thing. <laughs> his little thing. But, I mean, you know, he was functioning and he had a a, a job and, you know, he... he so when, when he moved, so when he got cleaned up and went through his process, he moved to Atlanta and then he sent for you or how did you end up going over there? Uh... Just being bad, and they like you finna go stay with your goddamn dad. So basically, no, everybody had enough. It was like yeah. it's time to go. Yeah, I had a mouth, a mouth. So how how was it move transition? Like going from the glades, your community, home, getting in and out of trouble. How was it the the adjusting? Like how was your adjustment when you adjust to Atlanta? How was it? Because it's too extreme experience. How well, did that... I always, you know, I always loved my daddy. I always been a daddy's girl, so I wanted to be there. So like, mm. okay, I'm going with my daddy. Great, you know. So that wasn't hard. But what was hard is finding out that my dad was gay. So wait, um, before we go there, I just want to be clear. So your your grandmother is your dad's, dad's mom. Yeah. 
So in the process of whatever he was going through, your grandmother took you in and you still had connection with your dad in that mm-hmm. process. Okay. For the ones that don't know. That, yeah. <laughs> for the, I want to go back and connect that. So uh, the first day of school, my dad took me to the bus stop. He went to work. I had a fight on my very first day at school in Atlanta. My gosh. You had to represent um, 561? (laughs) Well, the girls thought, you know, kids mean. And so the girl was like, oh, you, your daddy is that gay man or whatever. So. So how, how, whoa, how? Like how, like how they know? Well, when I look back now, even at like when I see pictures and stuff, you know how people say like a child will be confused? Mm. But. I don't, but aren't. explain that. Because you know how, like, if if a child have a parent that's like a, a I don't know if it's. Uh, he's in the community. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, I don't and that's know a transsexual parent or something oh, like that. Yeah. Maybe like, oh, the child's going to be confused. Um, People saw what I didn't see because it was normal that, you know, that was my daddy. So I didn't see what people saw. You just and, saw your father. Yeah. And. Wow. um. You know, as I got a little bit older and I started kind of finding some things, I really didn't see it. When I would look back at his old pictures and stuff, I would be like... You saw a little bit of the twang. Yeah, but just, I don't know. I don't know if he turned it off, you know, when he was around me. I don't know, but I didn't see it. And I think you just saw your father. Yeah. It wasn't... And so she said, you know, your daddy was scared, so... <laughs> Wait, she... <laughs> so she didn't lie. But you just wasn't ready to receive that. I had no idea. Wait a minute. So the community knew your father was... In Atlanta? Well, well, now it makes sense why you moved to Atlanta. Like (laughs) We're not going there, Keisha. I'm not doing this with you. Excuse me, ATLians. Don't, you know. Don't get mad at me. Don't want to tussle. (laughs) (laughs) So the community knew your father was homosexual. I think Mm -hmm. that's the proper term you're supposed to use. But you had no clue. You just saw your father. So, but you knew an identity, what a homosexual was supposed to look like. So when she talked about your father, you wasn't having it. No. So, you know. So you reacted. Mm-hmm. But the lady wasn't lying. The Later on, I found out, no, she was Did wasn't. you ever apologize to her? Did you call her back 10 years later? And I say, don't you know even remember who it was. Literally, <laughs> this was my first day of school. She wasn't even in my class. We were at the bus stop. I never even so made it. So first day of school, you just moved in. Not even the first day of school. First day at the I never even made it into the school. Like we fought at the bus stop. <laughs> your head's so. different, man. <laughs> so how did you ever get into that school or did you ever Yeah. I mean, it eventually, was my school. They had to, it was my district. I mean, I So eventually your father had to bring you to school. Or did you ever get back in the no, bus? No, um, I have no problems. Me and her ain't had no problems after, after that. After that, why? What happened? <laughs> I guess after the. Don't worry about. It. Let's just move on from this story. You know, yeah. kids mean. So you know how people do. So you so. you you hint, whatever happened, we're just gonna leave it there. Mm-hmm. So so after that, you living in Atlanta with your father. You found you still didn't know he was in the community. That's one. That's my safe zone. No, well, you a hint, I kind or, of. I knew like his a lot of his friends were like clearly gay, okay? Like <laughs> how old were you around that time? Uh like 12, 13. Okay. Um I don't know. I just You think you were in denial or you just that still was just your father, you just left it alone? 
Yeah, I don't think I was. It was in the. I was in denial. But how did you knew his friends was because they were really feminine, like some of them. You know what I mean? They did dress like men and stuff like that, but they were really feminine. But he wasn't like that around me. Like Uh, he was normal, like a regular daddy. So I don't know if he did it around them. Some people say he had a little funny walk. It was the normal walk to For me. For you, you saw you know, your So I don't know. I didn't, I don't know. I, I really so, didn't see So it. growing up with him, how was, you know, how was your communication? How did, how was that process for you from leaving there and to moving to Atlanta and then experiencing you at a whole new different lifestyle? Like how was that re- growing up with him? Um, It was, I mean, it was definitely a different lifestyle, but he always made his made it his business to make me experience like different things. Mm-hmm. You know, on the weekends we always went somewhere different. You know, I I have so many memories of him taking me places. You know, educating me. He was um he was real smart. You know, so he didn't play like all of that talking ratchet mm-hmm. and using improper terms and all of that. Right. We don't know where you got that from, but. <laughs> Definitely not. But he also was an artist, right? Yeah. Um, he was actually uh, in college and he had stopped going to be, a, um, he was going to be an art teacher. But yeah, so. So that experience in Atlanta, so the, the lifestyle. So you went from the glades where you saw your grandmother hustle. You went through that experience, but you didn't really do a lot because the glades didn't offer a lot. And then you moved mm-hmm. to that Atlanta. How was that Atlanta experience when you... I meant the hustle was still in me. So I think I told you the story about my dad worked at a, like, a factory that made, like... It was like private label cookies, you know, cookie mm. dough for different people. So they would have to bake the cookie dough to test it out and make sure it's okay before they sell it. And he would bring the cookies home. So I would take the cookies to school and sell it. And I sell mean, like... cookies. Gangs. <laughs> like, he didn't even have to give me allowance anymore because I had my own You had the hustle right whatever, there. yeah. You, but once again, you saw your grandmother hustle. You came back. You saw an opportunity. Then you created mm-hmm. a hustle for the opportunity. So, but living in Atlanta, you went through some hardship in Atlanta. Like, what was that like? Because you actually got pregnant when living with your father. How was that, that whole thing... It's already um, done, Keisha. You just want to let you know. Like, you're, you look like you want to hold the story back. <laughs> Clearly, you have an older son. Right. It's, it's almost 30. But, yeah. Um, he's just here. Yeah. Um, That was hard because I never told him. Like, I probably would have been nine months pregnant and would have been figuring out how I can still hide it. Uh, I just couldn't I don't know how that figure work. out how to tell him. So, I was a writer. I always wrote in my diary, like, every day. And, um... He used to tell me, like, I'm not going to break your prophecy. I'm not going to go in your diary. But if you leave it open, I'm, I'm he, I told you. He's like, I'm not going to break in it. But if you leave it unlocked. And I had it in the bathroom. I was writing while I was in the bathroom. And I left it. So was that it. an outlet for you? Like, yeah, earlier on? I always Like, where did you learn that? Like, how did you pick that up? Was it like I, a TV show you watch one day? or I don't know. But I've been doing that for a like. Well, I don't do it anymore because my privacy has been invaded. But oh um, God, Troy! <laughs> no, not even Troy. Okay, just, just want to make sure. Um, yeah, it's, we're gonna let you throw him under the bus. Something else happened like before, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna just stop writing. You're done with the thoughts. writing part. Yeah, but I've been doing that for a long time, especially when I was a kid, and I would get mad. I would write my mom letters and tell them how I hated everybody. 
<laughs> but where did you send the letters to? I didn't. I just would write it in my... That was your outlet yeah. to get stuff out. Yeah. So living in Atlanta, so because I know you, like I said, I know a little bit more than the, the viewers would know. So, but there was an issue that you were going through with your child's father. Yeah, that was um, super, which was weird because I felt like I was going through stuff that adults went through. Like we were, I was fourteen when I got pregnant. I had him at fifteen, and he was a year older than me. And Atlanta was rough. Like mm. he was in the gang. He was. Um, Doing he was, he was a powder, yeah, <laughs> you know, a powder teenage. at fifteen. Yes, like yeah, he, was, he was definitely with it. Uh, he cut my ponytail off, like my real hair. Like, oh, he was I was about very to say, abusive. Um, no, my actual hair. Okay, um, he was real, real abusive. So, so how did your father deal with all that? How did or did I you ever tell lie. him? No, um, eventually I did, and when I did, he sent me back to Atlanta to Florida. So you would come home with marks and everything, or and I would tell. Like makeup stories. What story but could you come up with a lump he, on your it eye? Was a lie. He knew I was lying. And he said, Is that nigga touching you? And oh. I'm like, no, you know, it's not It's not it's not him. Yeah. It was so. clearly him. So then you got pregnant and then you it was I guess there now it was safety at that point, because he mm -hmm. still was abusive when you were pregnant. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. So um I just, after I told my dad, my dad was like, What you wanna do? I was like, I wanna go back to Florida. So So the main reason going back to Florida was to protect Safe, Me. safe, right. safe space. But after I got here, about three or four months later, my dad had a nervous breakdown. And so my grandma and my granddad had to go and get him. And so when they went and got him, he never went back because <laughs> he never was like mentally Oh, so that he, all the way back like he used, you know, used to be. He never got up. So did you go back? You live with your you live with your aunt when you got back here. Mm -hmm. I think it was so. I mean, I think I think the, the 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 amazing thing for me is to see how your family still came together and supported. Might not be the best way you wanted it, but you could never say you didn't have no, yeah. you didn't have anybody yeah, to be I there did. for you. So I think being appreciative of that. But I also know. So when a little bit more about your profession now as a as. The master, the master hairstylist that you are, the haircut killer, all the shortcut, shortcut killer. See, I don't want to mess all this up. You could do all the intros for your stuff, for your own thing. How did that love? How did that happen? How did you fall in love with doing that? Um, I actually started doing hair in Atlanta um, when I was in Atlanta with my dad, and probably because. My dad was a dad, so he used to take me to the salon and stuff. A lot of times, it just wasn't right. Sometimes it was. Right. So, <laughs> so I kind of got into doing hair there because, actually, when I got to Atlanta, I had a jerry curl. <laughs> those pictures, so, I please, could you find some of those pictures that you could send me that I could throw so, on there? I'll try, I'll Please, try. I would do us so, a favor. um... People in Florida were still wearing Jerry Curls, but in Atlanta, it had already played there out. There was a season. They just right. moved on. So I had started like... You don't think that's why she beat, She tried to fight you when you got on the bus? Because you had a Jerry Curl? No, because I had it up in the ponytail. You had, had a Jerry it, Curl like, in the ponytail? Yeah, I didn't want people to know. <laughs> Yo, please find those pictures. You were... <laughs> I'm paying for those. Please, I, don't know, I have to find them if if I even have some. But um, you, I remember you know, like I said, just knowing you, you were also doing like Barbie hair. Like you already knew you wanted to be a hairstylist mm -hmm. earlier on. Like so, 
Did your family support you in that? Like, give mm-hmm. you, like, every time you cut another Barbie doll hair, they have to get you another one? To keep yeah, they did. They actually did. Like, they they supported. And I used to, like, do their little hair and stuff, so. You said little hair, me. so they didn't have long hair yet? I mean, like, <laughs> no. I mean, they used to <laughs> let me play with their hair and stuff, so. So you already knew off rip hair was going to be your thing. This was going to be your way. And so who's some of the first people that started letting you mess their hair up? Was that your family? My family. So, my cousin, definitely my little cousin, um, my friends. Like how my old friends. were you around that time, you think? Like 13, 14. You was ready, ready mm-hmm. to do hair. So when did you know that other than, you know, that was the love for the training, did you have to go to school or did you have to do all that or did you just start it? Well, I was, I was a bootlegger for a very long time. A bootlegger, okay. <laughs> so I'll say once I had... My son, um, I was real popular in school for doing oh, hair. Yeah. So by the time I was like 15, I was doing my teacher's hair, the lady in the mm. office hair. Everybody doing, at the yeah, school hair. Um, this was when you were in Atlanta, when you were back down yeah, here. when I moved back When you here. moved back yeah. here. So Palm Beach Gardens, they all knew me from doing for hair. For doing hair. Yeah. So you was already making a living. You already started making money earlier on. So then when did you... After high school, then you started getting licensing and all that stuff, or well, you know, took a few detours, had some little jobs here and there, but I always still like did hair on the side. And when I decided I wanted to do it permanently, I still was working in salons, bootlegging, and then um, once my dad died. I was like, okay, I got to get my life together. So, because <laughs> that was Kinda, like the that, last, that'll do it. Yeah, that was the last person that I, that I had that I knew, you know, cared that about. That wanted me. To, yeah, so. to get. So, how was that? How, what's the process of licensing? How intense is that? <sighs> to me, I mean, it was very, very easy for me. Um, very easy. I took the test probably in 15 minutes. Um, it was <laughs> no, but it was something I really wanted. So you know, in between clients, I was taking practice tests, reading my books, studying. Wait, wait. So I want to go back because you were. I just it's a bunch of things <laughs> going on. So because you had you already had two one kids. child, you already had two, two kids. kids. Mm-hmm. You're working in a salon full time, full time, and you went to school full time. But what what made you go that hard? I didn't have a choice. Mm. You know, I didn't have things. anything. Um, it was definitely around the time when we had those four hurricanes back to back. Hurricane Charlie. Yeah, moves here after. It was uh. You don't have to remember all their names. I, yeah, just four people. Because if the people here, they'll know what I'm talking right, about. It was right. like four hurricanes within like two or three weeks, and the apartment that I was living in was it got messed up. Um, FEMA. I actually had real damage. FEMA gave me six hundred dollars. Why people was committing fraud and getting like twenty thousand dollars? And you got that staking six hundred dollars. You still mad about that? Hell yeah, I want my money. <laughs> um, but Go they did them. offer me a FEMA trailer. So the trailer. Wait, it was that, that bad that they were giving people trailers to live in? Yeah, me and my kids lived in the trailer, and wow, this is while I'm going to school and uh, this is in West in Palm. Well, yeah, they had me living in Lake Worth, but yeah, it happened in West Palm in Rivera. Um, and it was like, I didn't, that was like rock bottom for me. You know, we wow. living, that was like, and it wasn't no mobile home. It was, you know, you see those people that live 
in those places that they turn into an apartment. <laughs> wow, like wow. it was very, very small, like very. But that you was, had no option. No, we didn't have. You think that was the that trigger that that thing that made you say, "Well, I have no choice at this point." Yeah, because it was like um, I just was having like just trouble after trouble. My daddy died. I was doing stuff, you know, trying to make it and was You're facing, surviving. Try, facing a yeah, federal uh, prison. Um, and then... <laughs> you're going through life. Yeah. Then, you know, the I lost everything in the hurricane. So it was just like, damn, my car got repo. It was, it was literally like... Rough. A lot of... Yeah. So I didn't... I had no choice but to go hard. But like, to get your you life know, in order. Yeah. What was the first thing that you did to start getting your life in order after going through all those traumas? Was it just the licenses? And what else happened after that? Uh, I'll definitely say getting my license. But I still was, you know. Figuring it out. Yeah. Um, but I'll just say as the years went by um, and the more I prayed and stuff and got to know myself, I, I was, my interest changed. And the type mm. of people that I wanted to be around. What made you like? What to. was that trigger point? Like, how did you get to the point to getting focused spiritually and all these? Well, I always yeah. felt like I was better than you know the things that I was doing. Not saying I'm mm. better than people, but the things you were doing, you yeah. Started? And the people that I was hanging with, you know, a lot of times we'd be guilty by association and mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. And I just, I just knew that I wanted. You wanted to grow, but the lifestyle around you was still where you didn't want to be anymore. I know, I know that feeling. <laughs> I've I've been there. It's like, dang, times. y'all still like... we still doing this, right? <laughs> you know? But meanwhile, you want to grow. Yeah. So did you have to leave a lot of people behind? Absolutely. Or, or um, disconnect from them? Absolutely, I did. How um, how hard was that part? Because I know a lot of people deal with that, like finding um, a way to disconnect. From... I'll say probably in the beginning. It was hard, but now it's 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 not hard at all. It's a way it's, of life. Yeah, it's like you gotta go. I, <laughs> your yes. energy is. But you had not, to get to that point. Yeah. So, so did you start trusting in yourself more? Or yeah, just, and just I I've de- definitely always dealt with like insecurities and stuff like that. So sometimes you be around people because it makes you feel a certain way, or you mm. know, or something like that. But. Whew, I can't speak on that, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but now you know. Now I'm the the. Stop. Let's just keep it going. <laughs> we don't know where you about to go with this. I'm going to keep it. Yeah, know, please. So so you, life punched you in your face. You were living, you had to adjust pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you then started working in the salon, different salons. But you were already working in salons, different salons. Before right? I got my license. Yeah. So when did you realize that, or when and how did you realize that, all right, this is it. I'm investing everything into this. Um, out when my dad died, when my dad died, and all the other stuff, I'll say that's when it started. Me just getting myself together, but um, but you're building clientele. When did you go be super aggressive with the business side of it? I'll say when I opened my salon as a solopreneur in eight years ago. I'll say eight years ago is when I really started. Um, Take just control. being serious and realizing that it's more than just, you know. So what does the more look like in the business of hair? Like, what does that look like? <laughs> I mean, this is what the people are here for, Keisha. They, they, <laughs> they heard all about you now. They want to know about the business now. Right. Like, how does the, that look like? Well, I will say 
Um, and it's probably kind of cliche, but this is something that I actually probably learning. I'm learning now and in, in the last few years that I always had all these monetary goals. Mm. Um, monetary, monetary, you know, I want to make this, I want to make this. But every time I would meet the goal, I still didn't feel satisfied. Mm. Totally you know? know that feeling. <laughs> that thing hit different. Yeah, so I... You don't re- realize what you're chasing at that point. It, right. And so um, I realized that I'm like, dang, I really don't know, you know, what my purpose is or mm. what I should be working towards. And... um. Giving and helps is like, you know, my top spiritual gift. So uh giving back and, and helping people. But I wanna so. talk I want the people that still about getting the money, Keisha. We're not gonna just <laughs> let them just so But you, you so what was the difference goal though, you do. You yeah, do. yeah, I think the money goal is part of it because I don't ever wanna take the money goal out of the the overall. But what is because what you're talking about in the hair business mm. there's multiple streams of income, income. okay so, so what does that look like what does that okay. look like? so to be honestly i mean you can be successful as just a person that's doing hair and that's it but you're but only getting paid time at that point getting paid for your time and um it's one of those if you don't work you don't eat type of thing so you definitely need to be investing in some retail even if it's not your own product line, but retailing, you know, something because retail definitely. So doing hair is one of them. Yeah. As far as physically doing hair. Should they specialize in something or should they definitely should specialize in something? Uh, When I first started out, I did braids, dreads, colors, crochet, (laughs) jerry curls, rocks. Still doing jerry curls. Like, whatever they, if you want it, yes. Ponytails, whatever you want. Finger waves, all that, yes, come get it. But um, just growing and and niching down. Uh, and a lot of people thought I was crazy for even only working three days a week. But I actually make more money working the way that I work now than working the five days a week and doing all of these services. You know, mm. like you definitely need to niche down. You you don't need to offer like fifty thousand services to be. Successful. So so there is hair. What other streams of income there is in the business of hair? Um, there's educating. Uh, so you, you actually teaching people how to classes. Um, but before you, because I think you're doing that now. But before you get there in your hustle, you had doing hair, but then you also sold product. Right. So did you first started? Just shopping a, around or... I had a class. My first thing was actually educating. So I had mm. a few classes before I even had a Teaching product. people how to do what? Hair and when I used to do makeup. I used to teach makeup classes. It's the whole beauty industry, the whole everything. Yeah. So then you went from product... You went from teaching. Like, how was that experience teaching people? Teaching is... It's And how fun. did they get in contact with you to do that? They just saw you and they're like, hey, are there stylists already? Because I've always been a social media person. So... Back from MySpace, I've always had a hair page and a personal page. Um, How big was social media for your business? Very big. Um, Social media is my top referral. Um, Facebook, actually. Um, So social media has always been... I have people that contact me and they're like, I've been following you since MySpace. And I'm like, what? Super weird. So social media is very, very big. Very important. It's not the only way, but it's definitely top. So, but you were, did you also take more classes on social media? How did you get to get to, to, to the Just point where studying and researching and 
So the footwork, that classes. groundwork is yeah, important. It's, yeah, you definitely got to always be trying to learn, reading books and, you know, stuff to learn more. Not so, just, but are you learning, like, the in depth? Like, how does this social media thing work? So you're just not posting. Are you learning the science of how this mm-hmm. social media thing? So you think that changed your business model when you knew? Yeah, even just learning how to put out great stuff. Like, if I look back at the stuff that I used to post, the pictures all grainy and, mm. you know, just... So just, quality is yes, still also quality important. over quantity. And I think that a lot of people teach now about just posting all the time, all the time. But if you just posting a bunch of crap, it's still right. not as important as you posting one great video a week, you know, because that'll take you farther. So and then there's the product side. You got into that also. Mm-hmm. Is, how does that stream of income work? Uh, it works great. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, things work good. I'm done. Um, well, because for one, when in the salon, um, clients always going to ask what you, what, what, what kind of shampoo and conditioner I need or what, you can use our main life. I recommend our main life collection. Right, right, right. First. You know, first, always have something to resell the client back. And then um, it's another stream of income just for my online community. Because so, sometimes people just going to buy whatever you're selling. So you have doing here, which is a stream of income. You have the product side. Um, but... So then there is the social media side that, and now YouTube, that's another business model mm-hmm. for, because you're teaching and you are influencing, and then you have the social media side where you are also able to build. How did that, how did you even realize that was a space you want to get into? Well, I've been on YouTube since. You sound so old. <laughs> Keep going, please. I think I posted my first YouTube video in like maybe 2009. But I've always been kind of like an introvert and kind of shy. So I just would throw something up. Um, But then I started, I was like, I need to do a voiceover. So one year about... A voiceover for like a commercial or something? For my YouTube videos. Because I would make like $150 a month. You know, nothing really. Well, But you see, there's like, how did you get to the point you made $150 a month from YouTube? I'm good just oh. because posting videos, but see, then YouTube didn't have the qualifications. Like mm. you started a YouTube channel and you applied for monetization. There wasn't any. But how'd you even know that was a thing? Time. I somebody just told me. I, I forgot. Wow. <laughs> somebody told me it was like, you know, you can get paid. I know who told me, but yeah. Somebody told me you can get paid for um, Yeah, I know who told me, but yeah, let's just YouTube skip that. Videos <laughs> and stuff like that. So I would post I Applied for the monetization, did everything, and I would get like the little money. And I'm like, okay, let me try voiceovers. And you know, new year, new you, do something new. And I put, did a video, and I never used to watch the what I got paid because it was you know really no money or whatever. So one month, and I had my money coming in an account that I didn't use. So one month, I had an a balance of like. No, I had a deposit of 800 and some dollars. I changed everything. And so I was like, from Google. Right. Who is that <laughs> so, guy? Right. So I went to my video, and my video had like hundreds of thousands of views. I didn't even know. And I'm like, okay. And I told Troy, I'm like. Shout out to Troy. <laughs> I'm finna figure out how to do this. This, this, this feels a little different. That's what they cut and checks. So I started for like months. I just started watching. 
I will binge watch like videos crime. on how to build your YouTube channel. Like, literally. see, hold on. I want to. I think a lot of people don't understand the grind that you put in behind the scene because they see a lot of things that you do and what you put out and the hustle, the hit. But you spend a lot of hours on the grind, like the learning, the like the how the. That's, that shit hits different. It does. Like, I literally used to binge watch. While I'm doing hair, I'm listening to a YouTube video on how to, you know, build channel, how to do all this stuff. So, even now, I'm still learning, like, it doesn't I'm stop. I know the, the optimization and, you know, stuff that I didn't even know I should have been doing keywords in the bio. And yeah, all that, SEO. You know? a, yeah, yes, and I'm talking like, my so. talk. <laughs> yeah, so. once you get to that, like, you know, for me, my, my, my main business for the past 20 years is marketing and branding. So once you get into the SEO side, it's a wrap. Yeah. Once you get into the, I mean, there's so many things with content. One thing I, I advise, I do this to most people I definitely care about, you should get into podcasting about hair, product, your industry. Because the key thing is is visibility. That's yeah. all you're searching for. Everybody wants that visibility. So once you really start talking about hair and you become the lead in the hair space, in the lifestyle space, because one thing I learned in your social media, you don't just talk about hair. You talk about everything you go through. Mm. One of the things I want you to talk about right now is this thing called PPM. PMD. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. And I know someone very close to you <laughs> that we share this relate that it's a real thing. So what is PPMD? PMD. Just gotta Yeah, I don't I try maybe I try my best not to know what it the You uh, need to know. So you, you know. so while we're talking about marketing, I just want to jump right to that. I'ma just skip this whole she hustles and she grinds. But I want to get to the point where we talk about P M D M D D. Because you because and I think for me, what well, the reason I want to talk about this also, because you're going through life, you're building business, children, husband, life, but you still would you still deal with this big monster. Right. And it has, uh, I will say that I've probably ruined a lot of relationships in the past. Not knowing. Not knowing I had PMDD and just being so. What is PMDD? It's premenstrual dysphoric disorder. You think every woman have that? No, every woman don't have it. But I will <sighs> say that it is something that is not talked about a lot, especially in the black community. And I think a lot of women are misunderstood because it is something that they have and they aren't aware. I'm able to see it, you know, notice it when people are around me. Not and some only people you, just Troy have, is able to notice it also. <laughs> some people just have PMS, you know, it's, it's hormones. But it, I, I blame it on, too, the foods, you know, that they giving us and stuff is messing with our hormones. But it's like PMS times 30. 50. 50. <laughs> 50. You're missing some points. 50. 50. It's a, so, it hits different. Um, PMDD, you have a false sense of um, feeling neglected or um, mm. like nobody cares about you. Mm. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, Sorry, I got in my feelings. The things that you normally are interested in doing, you don't have interest in doing. It gives you anxiety, um, depressive, manic episodes. Sometimes, like last month, this one I was very manic, so it was. <laughs> it's, um, it's 
it's it's classified as a mental health disorder. So that's what people don't know. I think if it wasn't, people that deal with it would tell you that's what it is. We, <laughs> we will support the cause. And uh, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely know firsthand um, what it's it hits different. It's not normal. For me, especially. Then I'm I'm made differently. So I'm oh, not the best one to I'm, you can't. I'm sorry. I wasn't prepared to deal with PPZZ. <laughs> no disrespect. I don't want to disrespect that. But um, I think you got the people around you have to understand how to. I don't. There's no preparing for it. They just have to find a way to. I'm learning. I learned from Troy. I'm gonna keep on giving him a shout out. Like how to try to manage. It's all you could do at that point is try to manage it. But your children never knew about like nobody. So you just used to. You react. know what's crazy is my I always tell Troy about this. My oldest son, um, I want to say he was about maybe fifteen, um, maybe a little younger, but I'll, I'll give him about fifteen. He told me he was like, "Ma, every time your thing come on, you act crazy, or whatever." And that That's always way. stuck in my head. Should listen to Kia from the beginning. <laughs> He gave uh, you the I game see. long ago. <laughs> like literally that that it always stick in my He's head. He's watching when he the pattern to me. Um yeah, and Yeah, I, I, that's how I learned about it also. I'm super observant, but I'm also free. So I say what I want and mean what I want and so I had to learn I can't do that that way in order to communicate effectively. So that was a big I I think whoever that don't know they're dealing with it, that act a certain way. Yeah, I always tell people, it. definitely go and get checked because it's it's something that it's it's not just regular PMS. Like, I've literally had days where I've left home to go and lay on the couch and cry, and I don't even know why the what fuck you I'm crying? crying. And I'm like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Oof>. No idea. <laughs> Still don't know why. Um, but what motive, like for me to hear you go through all the pain, all the struggle, losing your mother being murdered, are you you lived from the old quiche that I know to the new quiche that I know. Um, what motivates you to keep on doing all this? Listen, we're not trying to do crybaby quiche again this today. I'm telling you right now. No, we're not. No, no, we're, no not. we're not. Um, I'll just say my family, you know. My family that I'm building mm. or have built, my little family. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big family. It's not a little. So, <laughs> so that motivates you. Do you, but you also have a son that's in the same business in the hair I business. I have a, yeah, he's 20. Um, He's a barber. Well, he's not 20 yet. He's almost 20. Okay. So he, you definitely motivate him to get into the hair business? Um. Yeah, I always knew. I saw it in him. He didn't really see it because he was always he would always like cut his own edge in the in between his haircuts and stuff mm. or cut his eyebrows or something. So when he graduated, he kind of just was on headed. He got fired. Yeah, I got him a job at well, he got he got himself a job at Publix actually. He got fired because he don't like to get up in the morning. Okay, that change you can't go to work and if you don't get up. So it was an ultimatum: you either go to to the military. Or barber school. So you pushing him to yeah. move forward in life. Got and him now he loves bar. Like he work every single day. Right? So he loves it. So um, that that that's super dope. So when you realize, well, now you're building this empire. Like, what else have you added on to your business? 
Uh, well, this summer I have my first year doing Main Life Academy summer camp. So oh. I am doing a one-week summer camp with at-risk teens, um, 10 girls, well, 11 with my daughter. Uh, it'll be 11 of them, and they'll just be doing – I'm going to try to get on their level a little bit, so – teach them about social media. They're going to do like a basic haircut, some color. Um, um, we're going to record a, have them start like a YouTube intro for themselves and just- So do they, is stuff. it more kids that want to get into the hair business? Yeah, they have to be interested in the beauty industry. Is your daughter so. now, want she want to go into that industry? That's what she sees? Or is that something that you and Troy are forcing her to do? I just want to be clear. I, I'm riding she, she, She's, Comes off as she want to do it, but I don't know if she, I don't think she knows what she want to do. As far as I don't she's know, pretty she doesn't she? know. She's twelve, oh, so yeah. I don't know if she's gonna be like into braiding or doing something else. But when she try to niche her salon, out already, like give her some time, Keisha. To- no, when she comes to the salon, she plays with the mannequins. Like she mm. wants, yeah. So I think one thing, like I know a lot of you know children, what they see. What they're influenced by is most likely what they pick up, and so, but so, I I can't leave this out because I think one of the things that you got to talk about is being married in the support system that that creates in business. I think there's so many different components of you from your past, what you've been through. The headache, the abuse, the P M D D. Yep, that. Um, <laughs> And then also having that support system because men don't get enough credit. And I want to be clear, I'm supporting, you know, men. <laughs> oh, I just want to be God. very clear by that. You know, first of all, black men don't cheat. So I want to make sure to promote that okay. also. As Is there anything I need to promote by how great men is? Um, but let's get into that. I want to know about the importance of the support system in the home. How does that unit work? For you, being an entrepreneur, he's an entrepreneur. How does that unit work? Give him credit, please. Carry on. Okay. <clears throat> me, me, me. <laughs> <laughs> duh, duh, duh. <laughs> well, I will say now, um, but, it, you know, it took some while. Keep that time. same body energy. Like, I want to make sure your energy's that <laughs> high. I just want to make sure. Uh, I, it took some time, but he kind of does the things that, like, if I come home and is I need to cook, he'll do the dishes. I'm um, gonna put the dishes in the dishwasher. Um, yeah, I hate ironing, so he irons my clothes for me. Probably um, better than you ironing anyway. <laughs> it is. Um, you know, like he does. You know, we he ain't doing too much cooking or whatever, but he'll do the other stuff. You know, so it's like a, a good. Um, it's a good partnership. A balance, yeah. Well, Keish, is there anything you wanna? Well, let me ask you the one last question. If you had an opportunity to hire yourself, would you do it and why? I always pray for God to send me a me. I don't know how to like. <laughs> why, Keisha? Why? Like what separates you from everybody else that makes you so special? Well, for one, I, I work hard. Like, I work That's hard. A fact. You I know, when I have my it. mind set on something, I'm I'm doing it. I'm always willing to learn from somebody else. And I don't envy people or try to copy off what somebody else is doing. You know, I've always, you know, you, are, you need to be inspired by somebody. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, around here, honey, you selling oranges. They selling oranges next door. <laughs> or like, did it's you just, just turn to this whole honey? Where did you? Where did you go? Come back! Come back! <laughs> Please come back. I don't know where you're like, going with this. Seriously, um, and I just think I just do me. Um, That's important. Trend people don't do them. You know, they be too busy watching what you're doing, and they missing out on their own meal. You know. I mean, if you inspire, you know, you inspire. It's a inspire, little different. Inspire, but don't try to be a carbon copy. Okay. Okay. Um. So that is all, folks. Let's get into <laughs> no, no. But I, 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 you know, I get it. When you're an influencer in, in your community, you inspire people. They get a little overboard. But I think the key thing is them not giving you the homage and the respect. Oh, like, no. I when that, I tell you, and I ain't this even is, this trying hit a, to... This hit like... Oh, yeah. I think I want to get out of this Because I've been want to say this, like, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm all of that, but I know that a lot of things, especially when it comes to hair, in Palm Beach, I was the first. Okay, you know, talk your talk. And with a lot of things, small things like having a logo and website. No, I've been using online booking. You know, me and Tori was using online booking in 2010 to, to 2009. You know, like when they were still writing in paper, on paper. A lot of things. People come to my salon. I teach them. That's I take dope. Tuesdays off and actually teach these people and... When I tell you, I guess no crap. <laughs> like, well, I definitely want to give you your flowers right now, Keisha. You're definitely a trendsetter you know, in our community. If something happened to me tomorrow, they'll be the first ones like, oh, she taught me this and all. But it'd be wild as fuck, though. I think, Excuse my language, but... It's all right. We it'd, be, it'd be wild. Like It'd be like, damn. Like, y'all just, you know... You're not going to get no love? <laughs> I think you... I think for me, you... Like, I, like, I get behind-the-scene love, so I know most of us get that. Sometimes... I don't know, man, because I, I could say it the real way, but I don't, I think I still got to realize I'm still, you know, publicly uh -huh. doing this now, yeah. so I can't really give you the real one, one thou wow that I really want to say about that. But I think it's cool. I think keep on influencing, man. Like, I I think it's all about doing epic shit, and that's all I know. So the more you keep on doing epic shit, I think people will fall in line, and then you might get your flowers when you can't smell them. And you just gotta own it. It just it is what it is. But the bag is super important. So the more they watch, the more your bag go up in that Google check. So you gotta give them all the opportunity to invest in you by yeah, watching and, um, your right. You know, they're always will be one step behind because you gotta wait on me to make my next move. Yeah. So I wasn't going there, Keisha. But um, yeah, I, I definitely see where you're going with this. Um, let me try to get out of this conversation, and um, <laughs> then you have the support system in the back end, Troy, mm -hmm. telling you keep going. And I have this, my first celebrity client. Okay, I talk had, about it. Uh, <laughs> I did some more hair for a... Um, it was a test run. She had a show in Atlanta this weekend, but it's a test run for her show in Boca this She's weekend. She's coming here next week, yeah. Um, so I'm doing... And it's a recording, so I'm doing... Going to be the no, hairstylist for that. I, yeah, I kind of heard a little bit about those things behind the scene. I'm, we're doing some stuff with content with them so it's, oh, okay. it's crazy how the community okay gets um yeah. i'll just leave it like that but i know i think i think for me always watching you you always inspire me just to give you the flowers that i know thank you especially from the grind what you from and what you where you are right now and just always pushing forward and you are trendsetter in our community because of the grind that you put in it's not even about you trying to be anything it's like you put the grind and you 
you know, this is this is what you do. Own it. And I, I think the ones that know, know. And the ones that don't, you know, God Yeah, bless and them. a lot of people be like, you know, I know for a long time I kind of, not really, I'll say kind of downplayed my success. Talk about you know, it. I, you know, because it's like, you talk about stuff, then you bragging, you know, then you, you know, it's just, you damn if you do, damn if you don't type. But thing. I think, so, you, so, like, so let me tell you, for <laughs> me, I'm so uber focused. I don't even be knowing, like, I'm slightly crazy. I know I am because it don't match how crazy I am. Like this facility, we build it under 40 days. Like, I'm, but I'm ooh, like, you got to lock in. Like when yeah. you lock in, it don't even matter. Yeah. As long as the bag makes sense. Like, to me, one plus one got equals two in the money. If that don't happen, then, you know, I don't even know what to talk yeah. about. But I, I believe, and it's not everything. I mean, there's a lot of dope things that also happen in our community. I think I'm, I'm watching, even what you and Troy are doing with your events, like, you bringing the community together. Like, I, a real one, like I said, is going to respect what you guys are doing because you're influencing culture. You 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 moving like you you guys are doing more. I think so. It's you, Troy, and Trinette, I think mm-hmm. yeah. I think that is always super dope to watch other local entrepreneurs move the culture forward on business and lifestyle because we're missing a lot of that here. Mm-hmm. And I think you guys are doing that, and you guys are leading that. And anywhere I can support, I'm I'm all in, and I'm willing to put differences aside on things to support fly shit any day of the week, but. I don't know. I, I I truly think for you, Keish, like where you going and what you're gonna do in the business overall, um, as influential as you are in the hair and da 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 da. da I definitely want to support the um the young ladies that you guys are doing this summer. I think you gave a hint I to Tori said, about I, that. I emailed her the um thing, but yeah. you know, I definitely want to support that um and see how we could bring some even our tools and resources to um. Matter of fact, I want to commit to you one day. You guys do a show with at least a couple of girls that interview them, have a conversation with them live. Okay, they, they had to sign a uh, waiver to be recording. Yeah, so I think I'll, I'll support that. You know, you guys coming in here and creating a some type of conversation to ins- inspire other young ladies going into the business. But you know, your story is inspiring. You you did it. You know, let's keep going, man. And, but also, how could they get in contact with you to learn more about you and more things that you're doing and support and so on and so forth? You can contact me by visiting mainlifestudio.com, and that's M-A-N-E-L-I-F-E studio.com. Uh, my Instagram is the Master Stylist. Actually, all all social media, you can find me as the Master Stylist. So Spell that, please, because it's not the <laughs> T-H-E. It's the D-A-M-A-S. T-E-R-S-T-Y-L-I-S-T. And that's on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Talk about it. Keish, one time. Take them shades off, please. Come on. (laughs)